0: Was yesterday, where uh, i 'm in it 's dark in here, there we go, all right, let there be light oh, cool uh, so it 's the middle of the night i 'm sleeping as you usually do in the middle of the night, right and so and little did I know that my wife was was up at I think it was maybe two three a m as I look back on the event, and she was she was taking a pregnancy test, and, and I didn't, obviously I didn't know because I was sleeping, because that's what you do at 2 a.m., and so uh, she comes bursting into the bedroom and flips the light on and shoves it in my face. I mean, that's kind of gross, but shoves it in my face and says, look, look, like, what does this mean? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't see anything, because the lens of my eyeballs don't function at 2 a.m., but obviously she was excited because she was pregnant, and that was our first biological child. And, and, and the, the joy and the excitement and, and, and all of the emotions welling up that, wow, this is a new journey. This is a new chapter. I mean, after I, of course, like woke up some and maybe got a cup of coffee, because there was no going back to sleep early that morning, right? I mean, we were up, and we were ecstatic, and we were ready to do life, and what is this going to look like? And there was mystery, and there was all these things kind of scrambling through our brains, and it was exciting. I remember with our oldest that we adopted from Guatemala, and I remember that journey, and it was just, there was still the same kinds of emotions. There was still this uh, this this longing to be dad or to be mom. There was this joy in the adventure. There was mystery. There was confusion. There was there was the times where we asked God questions as to why this and why that. And it was this amazing journey. And I remember, I remember she she uh, my wife fostered our our you know Otto for three months. She lived in Guatemala, and so. Uh, that we were hoping that as she stayed there, the, the process would speed up because she was present, which didn't happen. It took a while. And so, uh, but then we finally got the notice that she could travel to the embassy and file the last bit of paperwork. And that was my cue to book the flight, and she can now come home with our new son, Otto. And so I did, and I remember standing there in the airport in Columbus, Ohio, and, and standing in the terminal, just waiting for them to round the corner, and there they are, and she's pushing Otto in the stroller, and it was like, Alright, now you're a dad. And and there's obvious this joy and excitement, and you're elated, but then as time goes, you begin to feel the weight. Like, oh no. How do I do this thing called fatherhood? Am I going to mess them up? Probably. Hopefully not too bad, right? Because the the hope and the journey is that we will impact the next generation. I mean, we have this longing to be dads or maybe so we can talk to the, the rest of the room, moms. Because we have this passion in us to impact the next generation. So today we're talking about dads. Today we're going to celebrate fathers and those are just a couple of my stories of how it all began and and maybe those of you that have been down this road you can remember those days as well and you can remember the excitement and the emotions of of what's yet to come and maybe even it can relate to the experience and the emotions of oh boy, what did we get ourselves into? Because it's a journey. And it's a responsibility. And so I thought it would be fun this morning if we would, as, as I talk through fatherhood, I, I thought I would take three different maybe characteristics of being a dad. And let's unpack those. Let's look at those. But I, I thought it would be fun because I love country music. I thought we could glean some wisdom from some country music this morning. So I'm sorry if you're not a fan but but there is some real wisdom and depth in some of these songs, and I just want to share that with you, and obviously we'll dive into the scriptures because the beauty of the scriptures is that it always takes it a step further. And it always kind of causes us to look a little bit deeper into ourselves as we look at some of this wisdom and truth that was written so beautifully by some country artists. So the first one it is it is our nature to provide. And fathers, you can probably relate to this. It is our nature to provide. It's in us. It's in our DNA. It's been, it's been worked into who we are. It is, it is a part of how, the fabric of our being. It is in our nature to provide for those that we love, for those that we care about, those that we care for. It's in our nature to provide. However, and in each characteristic, I'm going to have kind of a... We're going we're to talk about the tensions that exist at the same time. So however... Our kids long to be with us. So it is in our nature to provide. However, our kids long to be with us. And you might be asking yourself the question, like, how do they connect? How do they belong together? And, and I, I really firmly believe that even though it's in our nature to provide, the, the challenge is for us to keep it in a healthy state of being, that, that we don't just seek success for the sake of succeeding so that I feel good about myself, but may it be that we seek success so that we provide for the needs of those that we care for. And oftentimes in life, as we pursue and we just live and act out of how we've been created, we can take it to an unhealthy place. And in the midst of it all, as we're trying to be dads and honor our families, our kids long to be with us. There's this song uh, called The Dollar by Jamie Johnson. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the singer Jamie Johnson. But he writes this song about a dad who has to leave home to provide for his family. He has to leave the house and go out of town, and he needs to make money to provide for his family, and it takes him away from the family. And so this is how this, this, this quote says, How much more does daddy need to spend some time with me? How much more does Daddy need to spend some time with me? And does it, so the question we have to ask ourselves is, is, do I do what I do to provide for the needs, or do I do what I do to provide for my own self-security? When do we cross the line of, I've done enough to provide, and now I can be present with the family? When does it cross that line into a place of, I'm just busy because I... I'm driven. I'm in the pursuit of success and winning. And that's a tension that us dads will wrestle with. There's a song by Trace Adkins called Just Fishing. I know, real creative. This is how they are. He, he, he talk, obviously, he's talking about fishing in this story. And, and, and in this song, he talks about you, you know the, that he goes fishing with his son and here's the line. It says, and I better do this every chance I get because time is ticking. And isn't that true? For those of you that have older kids, isn't that true? Like it's a blink of the eye. You can remember when they're like this and they're like this and then all of a sudden they're this and they're over your head and then they're out of the house. Right? Time is ticking and essentially what this, this quote to so this song is, elu- is, is is talking about is that take advantage of every moment you have. Take advantage of the chance that you have in a relationship now. The, the, the influence you have because they're under your roof and they live with you and they do life with you in a much, much closer proximity than, than they will down the road. Take advantage of it because time is ticking. And then Deuteronomy takes it even further. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your Mind and with all your strength. Right? We've heard this and Jesus talks about it. But then it goes on and says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. It's, it's, to be, uh, it's to be absorbed into your very being the way you do life, the way you see the world. May these commandments become a part of who you are. And then impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. And talk about Then when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up, and essentially the author of Deuteronomy is a saying, that every moment you're with your children, make it intentional. That when you're out fishing, you're not just shooting the breeze the entire time you're out there, but do something that, that would be passing on some sort of truth that is good for their life. Take advantage of the moment that you have right now in this present time and impress on them a truth. And it's this journey of discipleship, isn't it? That I have this responsibility of a, as a dad to impress on my children the ways of the Lord. That I'm not just letting time pass, and I'm not finding myself in a place of being so busy that I can't even be with them, but then when I am with them, may it be intentional. May I have something in mind that I want to impress on them for the good of their journey and their walk. You know, as I, as I talk about this particular characteristic, I know myself, like, as I, as I communicate, it's something that I wrestle with and I'm stretched by and I struggle and I'm challenged by. As I look over the last couple of years of, of, of just my ministry and my work here at the church... You know, and, and, and as, I would, as I would stand here this morning, I would encourage all dads and moms to keep this in mind, that, that, that we have a priority, right? And, and the list of priorities in life, we, we would, could all maybe agree on the fact that, that our relationship with God should be kind of here at the top. But then right below that is our families, the responsibility that we've been given to love and care for our spouse and for our kids. And then it's work. And and it's very easy to let work get above the family. And it's very easy to justify as to why we're doing it. And as a pastor, it's really easy to say, well, it's the work for the Lord, right? Meanwhile, I'm not spending the time that my kids need. Meanwhile, they long to be with me. And I'll be honest and, and open and vulnerable with you this morning that over the last couple of years, there's, there's been a good consistency of me being out of the house until late in the evening, about half of the week. And it's been so consistent and regular and, in my opinion, bad that, that my son, my oldest son, Otto, as I put him on the bus in the morning, he will regularly ask me the question, Dad, will you be home tonight? And sometimes I get to say Yes. And sometimes, and half the time, I say, no, I won't see you to the morning. That's not okay. And whether I want to claim that it's the work of the Lord or not, it's not okay. I need to find a healthy balance, because my kids long to be with me, and they deserve my attention, and God is expecting me to make that time. And not only make the time, but be intentional as I take that time. Number two, you know, the world talks about uh, how we're supposed to be kind of the rock or the tough guy, right? The guy who doesn't necessarily show his emotions unless he's angry, right? And and, and we're supposed to be the stable one and we like carry big hammer and we can he- carry heavy things, right? Like that's the world communicating to what dad should be like and look like. But this morning, may we, may we, Potentially look at the idea that it's okay to cry. That it's okay to cry. That it's okay to, to be open and vulnerable with the people you love, the, especially the people you love, your spouse and your children. It's okay to cry and to show these emotions and to show that you're wounded and to show that you're hurt and to show that you fail. It's okay to show these things to your kids. You know, maybe, maybe the idea of having broad shoulders, maybe it means it's a place to find comfort and compassion and understanding. You know, maybe God gave men broad shoulders so that we would be a safe refuge for those that we do life with. May we break the mold of what the world is trying to communicate to us as dads and that may we be more open and vulnerable with the ones that we do life with our families. It's okay to cry. There's a song by Gary Allen called Tough Little Boys. And isn't that what the world is teaching our young men? Suck it up. Walk it off. There's no crying in baseball. I think that was, a, I think that was about a league of their own. That was women. My bad. Anyway, Tough Little Boys. He says this. There's a line. it's. Uh, he's dropping his son off his, his first son, uh, t- off at school for the first time. It's the first day of school and I cried like a fool and I followed your bus to town. Right? Not, only, not only did I cry like a fool as I dropped you off on the bus, but then I, then I had to follow you all the way to the school because I needed to see that you got there. I mean, it may be welling up inside of us, but sometimes we push it down. And maybe it's okay if we just let it out. Especially in front of our families. And the psalmist says in chapter 103, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has removed, he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. See, there's, a, there's an assumption being made that the psalmist is communicating to us that, that, we have, that fathers have compassion on their children. But may we, as we glean into the psalm, may we be challenged by the character of God. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Maybe having broad shoulders means that we're compassionate and we're full of Grace. Maybe, maybe having broad shoulders and being the tough guy is, is to be slow to anger and abounding in love. And we will not always accuse, but seek to understand. And nor will we harbor our anger forever, but we will offer up grace and forgiveness because we are safe, because we are that refuge. It's okay to cry because when we cry, we 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 invite someone into relationship. It takes the relationship a bit deeper. I mean, it doesn't matter if your your son or daughter is is twelve or if he or she is in their mid-30s. I remember just a few years ago, I've seen my dad cry once before this day. Mid-thirties, we went out to lunch. And we're sitting in the middle of a restaurant, and he wants to share a story with me. And so he shares this story. It's about this old farmer. I'm going to kind of get it wrong, but this is kind of how I took it. So just if you've heard it before, sorry. And so uh, it's this, this old farmer, and he takes his son out to the barn. And they walk into the barn and they, they, they kind of you know, have the door shut behind them and there's this, this outer door to the barn and it faces the sun. And on the inside of this door, it is littered with 100 plus nails that have been pounded into the door. And the farmer turns to his son and he says, Son, I, this morning I want to teach you about Jesus. And as you look at this door and as you look at all these nails, all of these nails represent sin in our life. And he walks up to that door and he has a hammer in his hand and he starts popping out the nails. And he finally gets all the nails out and they're standing there in front of the door and they're looking at it and you see the light just peering through all the holes. And he says, Son, when we let the love and the grace and the compassion of Jesus into our lives, he takes the sin away. And they just stared and look at the light. And as he's sharing that story, he begins to cry in the middle of the restaurant. And he says, as, "You know, I guess as I get older, I'm a little bit more emotional." And it does something to that relationship. He invited me in closer. I've seen him cry a few more times since then, because I think as he's getting older, he is getting more emotional. It's okay. It's okay to cry. The third characteristic, and my hope and my prayer this morning is that as we, as we kind of unpack and look at this last thing, that, that the point is that, that maybe the room could relate. That I know we've, we're celebrating dads and we're talking about dads this morning, but, but may we all find some way to connect with this last thought. Number three, our kids are watching us. And so maybe if you're not a parent in the room, you could be asking yourself the question, who is watching me? Who is watching me? Dads, moms, our kids are watching us. Who will you be for your kids to look up to? Because the reality is, is that from a very early age, they're looking up at you and they're saying, I want to be just like you. You are my hero. And they they have superhero names for you. I mean, they want to be like you. And it's over a course of a lifetime that that can be influenced, isn't it? There's this song, it's probably one of my favorite songs, uh, country songs, um, called Watching You by Rodney Adkins. And maybe you've heard it. Uh, I, I like it so much, I'm just going to read the whole thing because I think it's really cool. And it's not really long, so I don't be like, oh my gosh. Um, it, it's, it's good. So let's just, I'm going to do my best. It kind of rhymes and I don't rhyme, so I'm going I'm to try it. Here we go. Driving through town... Just my boy and me, with a Happy Meal in his booster seat, knowing that he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone. A green traffic light turned straight to red. I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath as fries went a flying and his orange drink covered his lap. Well, then my four-year-old said a four-letter word that started with S. And I was concerned, so I said, Son, now where did you learn to talk like that? He said... "'I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. We got cowboy boots and camel pants. Yeah, we're just alike. Hey, ain't we, Dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. We got back home, and I went to the barn. I bowed my head, and I prayed real hard, said, "'Lord, please help me help my stupid self.'" This side of bedtime later that night, turning on my son's Scooby-Doo nightlight, he crawled out of bed and he got down on his knees. He closed his little eyes, folded his little hands, and spoke to God like he was talking to a friend. And I said, son, now where did you learn to pray like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. And I eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. We like fixing things and holding mama's hand. Yeah, we're just alike. Hey, ain't we, dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. With tears in my eyes, I wrapped him in a hug and said, My little bear is growing up. He said, But when I'm big, I'll still know what to do because I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you. And then I'll be as strong as Superman. We'll be just alike. Hey, won't we, Dad? When can I can do everything you do because I've been watching you. The reality is, is that whether we do good or we do bad, our kids are mimicking that right and i don't know i don't know if you can relate but i know i relate right i know that i've seen my son especially my youngest son i well my oldest one too wow there's lots of bad examples anyway so i mean i remember especially seeing my youngest son and i'll be like yeah that's your son and she's like no that's really for real your son right i mean you see these behaviors and you're like where did that come from and and you know that it's because they're they're watching us and they're absorbing the way we do life and they're 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 becoming little mini-me's, huh, right? But at the same time, you see these beautiful moments because they're watching us and they're learning from us. And whether we like it or not, we're discipling them into something, into somebody And it's this incredible, beautiful responsibility. And it may be heavy on our shoulders, but it is an incredible privilege to know that God has put me here for this time with this young man and this young man so that I may impart in him the ways of the Lord. Because if he's going to look at me, I want him to see Jesus. And just as Paul wrote to his church, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. May I have the ability and the courage and the passion and the drive to say that to my kids, to say, follow me as I follow Christ. That if you're going to be like somebody, maybe I should be like you, Lord. so that more often than not they see the characters of God in them and not the characters of the fallen Aaron in them. What an incredible and beautiful privilege that God has handed to us. And not because he doesn't think we can do it, because he he knows that we can and he's asking us, he's inspiring us, he's challenging us to step into the call, the special call of being a dad. Proverbs 22, 6 says, start your children off on the way they should, on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. The Proverbs is essentially saying that we, as, as we impart in them the truths of God, may we do that from the early stages of life and continue, continue to do it, just as in Deuteronomy says, every waking moment you have with them, impress into them. And if we do, They will not turn from it, even in the old, even when they're old. And then 2 Corinthians, and I think Paul just hits it so beautifully. He writes this letter to the church in Corinth, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and he says, are we beginning, so he starts out, and I mean, this is Paul, right, he's just so blunt, and he says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again, right? Are you you beginning to, to pat yourself on the back again? Or, or, do we need, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you, right? Do we need something good written about you to convince something or somebody of something about you? But then he turns this, and this is absolutely fascinating. He says, you yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by Everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. I mean, think about this for a minute. Paul is essentially saying to the church, I mean, think about how bold and how confident Paul must have been to to write, to pen this down, to say that you are my recommendation. You show the character of me inside. You show that I am truly a son of God who is passionate about my walk with him. And how you behave and how you engage in the world and how you connect with people and how you talk with people and and, and the way you have been shaped that is a representation of my life and work with you. And when we put it in the context of fatherhood, I mean, that's a confrontation that we all have and face, right? I mean, I, I, I regularly, my wife and I, we will regularly talk to especially our youngest when he goes off and he hangs out with, with friends, uh, especially friends that, that we don't know the families of yet, right? They don't know his personality quite yet. Or even, you know, obviously at school, we, we not only say that, hey, hey Owen, um, you, you not only represent yourself and you represent God, but you represent your family. Like, we regularly have that conversation, you represent all of us, just FYI. Wouldn't it be amazing to have the confidence to say to the world my letter of recommendation of the true character of me and what's what's inside of me and just look at my kids, they'll tell you the story. It's an incredible and beautiful responsibility, but it's hard. And maybe some of us in this room say, "You know what, I've not done a very good job of that." And you know what? I can say that too. There's been times that I've failed, I've know I've failed, and I know there's going to be times in the future where I'm going to fail. But going back to my second point, it's OK to cry. It's OK to say, "My bad, I'm sorry. Because it's in those moments that we draw back into relationship. And that's what it's all about, that we're doing life together. I'm going to close with this. It's a song by Zach Brown. Maybe you've heard of Zach Brown called My Old Man. And he writes this song about his old man, about how he wants to be like him. He has this longing to be like his old man. And about midway in the song, it he, he, he takes a turn, and, he's, and he starts talking about now he is somebody's old man, right? Life is progressing, and he's getting older. Now he's the old man in the home. And he says this, hoping that he, my son, some, someday wants to be like his old man. I'm trying to fill the boots of my old man. See, so he was inspired to be like his dad, for whatever reason that may be. And now his hope is that he could inspire his his son in the same manner. You see, we as the church and followers of Christ, there's this another layer to it, isn't there? We're inspired, hopefully we're inspired and challenged and encouraged to look up at our Heavenly Father and say, I want to be like you. I want to be slow to anger. And I want to be able to show compassion and forgiveness to those, especially those that I'm so close with. I want to have the ability to say I'm sorry and whoops, my bad. And I want to have the ability to just be vulnerable, open. God, I want to be like you. I want to own these characters. I want them to be a part of who I am. And not only that, but then I want my kids to want to be like that too. So this morning, happy Father's Day. If you're not a father, young man, young woman, or your kids are no longer around. Somebody's still watching you. The world is watching us. On a larger picture, in a larger scale, the world is watching all of us. And in those moments that we have a really hard choice to make, may we represent Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for dads in the room and the journey that we're on. And and God, we thank you for your constant ability to continue to forgive us and to offer grace and to show us compassion. And may we absorb your character, Lord. May we model and exemplify who you are on this earth and especially with those that you've entrusted us with. So God, give us the courage and give us the boldness and give us the strength and give us the endurance to be as you've called us to be. May we lean into this calling, God, that you've given us and may we make you proud. And God, we thank you so much for your constant, enduring love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you so much for being and joining us here this morning and joining us in worship. It's been a joy and it's been a privilege. As dads, as you head out, um, there are little devotionals, Father's Day devotionals that we want to give to you. It's a gift from us to you and they're out there somewhere. So have a great week. Enjoy parting with dad today. God bless. So the house is quiet, and it's dark, and everyone's asleep, and it's roughly 2, maybe 3 a.m. in the morning, right when, when we should be asleep, correct? And, and for some reason, my wife wakes up in the middle of the night, roughly 3 a.m., and she She thinks that now is the time that we are to take a pregnancy test. So she does that. She's elated and excited and jumping for joy and comes bursting into the room, flips the light on and pushes it into my face. First of all, ew. Second of all, then she goes on and says, Look, look, what does this mean? And I'm like, my eyes can't really focus at 3 a.m. And this big shining light is on my face. But obviously, it's good news, because she's excited. And it was the news that I was going to be a dad to our youngest son, Owen. And you're excited. And, And maybe you can relate to those of us in the room that are dads or moms. You can relate to that moment that you first hear the news of... We're pregnant. We're going to have a kid. And then maybe some of us not only were excited, but then you were like, uh-oh. Like, I hope I don't mess them up that bad. Right? But most, most importantly, we're excited. And we're looking forward to the journey. And there's mystery, and there's, there's all these questions in mind. And how am I going to do this? And I hope I do this right. And, and then I remember, I remember uh, during the time uh, where my wife was fostering our, our oldest son, who we adopted from Guatemala, she was fostering him and lived in Guatemala for three months. And I remember during that time, we really hoped that her being there would, would expedite the process, and, and, and I don't think it really did. However... We were waiting with anticipation and hopeful that it could be any day and any moment, and finally she gets the call that she could go to the city and, and file the final bit of paperwork with the embassy, and it's time to go home. And so that's my cue, book the flight, and they're coming home. And obviously, I'm excited, right? Haven't seen her in a while, and, and this is our first and we've been on this journey for over a year and this is, it's finally going to come true. And so I booked the flight and I remember standing in the airport in Columbus, Ohio, waiting. And they come down the terminal and she's pushing him in his stroller and there they are. I'm going to be dad. And there's this joy, there's this excitement, there's these emotions welling up. And in the midst of it all, you, you experience the, the goods and the bads and the ups and the downs. And really, oftentimes, maybe we even feel the weight of the responsibility of knowing that there's a child, there's a person that needs me. Maybe you can relate to that experience for those of you dads, moms, grandparents in the room. What an experience and what a memory. And I can remember it just as if it was just a few days ago. And then in a blink of an eye, he's 12 and he's sassy. Right? But it's the journey we're on. And, it's the, and it's, it's the life we've been called to have and to lead. And so today, happy Father's Day to you dads and granddads in the room. We love you. We appreciate you. And today I want to talk a bit about the journey of fatherhood. And I'm going to talk about three kind of, kind of characteristics But I'm also going to talk about the tension that lies within the characteristic and how sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it can be taken to unhealthy places. And so let's begin with our first thought for this morning. It is our nature to provide. As a dad, it is our nature to provide. It's in us, it's been worked into our DNA that we feel the need to provide for those that we care and love for in various different ways but it's in our nature to provide and to, and to care and to bring some security to our home. And oftentimes it may take form in financial well-being and uh, a place to live in comfort and knowing that your kids don't need to worry about the adult things. It's in our nature to provide. However, however, our kids long to be with us and you may be asking yourself the question, how do these two go together? How does, it, how, does, how does the need that our kids have or the desire, the longing that our kids have to be with us have anything to do with the fact that it's in my nature to want to provide for my family and for my children? I think oftentimes this this part of us, the DNA that's in us, the thing, the drive that, that, that's in deep in us that, that says we need and we, I want to provide for my family, oftentimes that can lead to a place that is no longer what God intended it to be. Right? Like it starts with, with the interest and the desire and the passion and the awareness that I will provide for my family, but then it can quickly lead to a place that I just want to be successful so that I feel good. So that I feel important, we begin to find our identity in what we do rather than who we are and been made in Christ. You see, it moves from a place of, of, of being successful to, to take care of the need to a place of being successful so that I'm just successful. And there's this dance, there's this tension in the air because in the midst of all of that, our kids long to be with us. And I thought it would be fun this morning as we talk about these three areas of fatherhood, that I would use some influential words, some wisdom from our good old American country singers. I know you didn't expect that this morning, but I love country music and I'm preaching so I get to share something I love with y'all. And you may not recognize some of the artists or the lyrics. But they're good, I promise. And then we're going to take a step further and we're going to look into the scriptures and we see oftentimes how God can take it just a little bit further. And hopefully we'll be challenged or encouraged or inspired in the midst of it all. So the song that I want to not sing for you, but just quote a little bit for you, is a song called The Dollar by Jamie Johnson. And he, in this song, is talking about this dad who is in the need to provide for his family. But in that need, it requires him to leave the home and be away for an extended period of time, just enough so that he could provide for his family. And so you get yourself to this this one line in the song, and it says, how much more does daddy need to spend some time with me? how much more does daddy need so that he could spend some time with me? I mean, when does it cross the line and now he's just away because it's addictive? It feels good? What, fill in the blank. In the meanwhile, this little boy is saying, when will he have time for me? Because the reality is, is that time is moving, and it's moving quickly. And I know many of you in this room can relate to that. We remember when they were this big, and now they're, then they were here, and then they're there, right? And all of a sudden, they're taller than us, right? Time is moving. This another song by, by a country singer, uh, Trace Adkins, and he writes this song about, well, it says just fishing. So obviously it's about fishing. And he talks about this story of, of the son and the father and they're fishing. And, he, and there's this line in there that, that, that just sums all of this up. And it says, and I better do this every chance I get because time is ticking. Every opportunity, every moment that I have to spend time with my kids, I need to do it because time is ticking. And I will not let The things in my life that should never take priority over them get in the way. I mean, really, that's the call as followers of Jesus, as men of of Christ. That is the call, and that is the challenge. Deuteronomy takes it a step further. Not only do we need to be aware of the moments that we have with our kids and take advantage of them, but then Deuteronomy takes it a little bit further, and it says, while you're spending time, Do this. Chapter 6, verse 5 through 7. We've heard this many times. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And impress it onto your heart. So, Deuteronomy is saying that take these commandments. These are the commandments I give to you. Love God with all of yourself. And allow it to become the, the very fabric of who you are. And then impress them onto your kids. Impress them into your children and talk about these things when you lie down at night and when you get up and while you're walking along the road. Teach them this way of life. You see, Deuteronomy is saying not only should we take advantage of the moments that we have because time is moving, time is ticking, but when you're with your kids, teach them something. Impress this truth into them because time is moving and the influence that we have today will change tomorrow. So don't miss it. So it in our nature to provide. It's, it's in who we are. God has made us to be this way but may we respect what God's hopes are and the call that he's given us because our kids are longing to be with us and they need the influence of dad. Let's look at the second area. Actually, before I get there, my bad. Whoops. I'm going to rewind. This is hard. You know, as I just spot off a bunch of things, it's hard. It's not easy. Right? We can oftentimes, maybe, maybe you can relate to this, I know I can. As I communicate just some of these thoughts thus far, it's hard for me to hear it. It's challenging. It challenges me. And, and, and honestly, I have to make decisions in my life to take the responsibility more seriously, that I may honor God in my journey and my walk with him. And as I look back over the last couple years in my life and in in particular the last two years, there's been some real challenges in, in, in respecting the call that God has on my life. You know, we can look at the, how we prioritize our life, and maybe, maybe you'll agree with me, but, but I believe that, that God and our relationship with God should be kind of top priority. Why? He sustains my life. He's the one who gives me endurance. But then if I'm a dad or a mom, our, our next priority would be to care for our families. And then it's our work. And it's really easy to justify why we spend so much time at work because there's a need that needs to be provided for. And then in, even in, as a pastor, I can justify it even more and say, well, it's the Lord's work, right? And in the midst of all that, maybe I'm disrespecting the call that God has placed in my life because I've gone ahead and I've spent too much time in a place that, that, that is taking away from the relationships that God is calling me to invest in. There's been many times this past couple of years where um, my oldest son, as I put him on the school bus, will ask me a simple question, are you going to be home tonight? And about half of the time, about half of the week, I tell him, no, I won't see you till the morning, until I put you on the bus again. That's not okay. It's not okay. And I need to, I need to figure that out. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying that we have this beautiful opportunity. Let's not miss it. The second thing, you know, the world is talking about how we're supposed to be the rock, the stable one, the tough guy, right? I carry heavy things, you know, that kind of thing. Like the world is saying we need to be the stable one and the tough one of, of the home or the environment or the atmosphere that we find ourselves in. But maybe, maybe I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to suggest the idea that it's okay to cry that it's okay to cry, it's okay to be open, it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to show your heart to your family and to your kids. It's okay to admit when you are wrong and you have failed and you've messed up and you need to say you're sorry. It's okay. Maybe it's okay. Because I believe that when, we, when we're able to do that in the, in the context of the relationship that we have with our kids and our, and our spouse, what we're doing is we're inviting them into a deeper relationship. You know, maybe, maybe having broad shoulders, maybe what that really looks like is, is having compassion and being filled with grace and being filled with forgiveness and being a place of comfort and understanding. That we are not quick to judge but we're really quick to understand and and accept. And, And if we, maybe having broad shoulders and being the rock and the stable one is where our kids and our family find a refuge, a place of safety, a place of belonging. Maybe that's why God gave us broad shoulders. There's a song called Tough Little Boys by Gary Allen. Isn't that how it is right we the 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 world the culture tells us to to raise tough boys right suck it up walk it off right those are the things that i remember hearing all the time especially on the football field suck it up walk it off my legs broke walk it off you know like it doesn't matter you're tough don't admit it you're in pain so we're taught to believe that and and there's a conflict there's a rub how should I be? How should I act? Because I'm hearing this. Yet maybe this is okay. And this, this song is talking about this, this dad who's uh, you know, experiencing this whole journey of fatherhood for the first time, and his, his son is ready to go to school for the very first time, the first day of school. And, and it says, Your first day of school, I cried like a fool, and I followed your school bus all the way to town. Right, like he not only cried like a fool because he was missing and he he was struggling and maybe he was even a little scared, but he also had to make sure the bus got there. You know, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay to be that way. Maybe it's all right to show a little emotion other than anger. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And may we, as we read this passage, may we glean from the character of God, because that is the call that God has on us, dads. That as we can look to the Father that we have been given in the heavens, that as we read on the page that God is compassionate, and he's slow to anger, and he's full of grace, and he seeks first to understand, and not cast judgment, and not, not cast condemnation. And he treats our sin, he doesn't treat us as, we've been, as we deserve, but he extends this open hand of grace. And may we be slow to anger. Coming back to our first thought, maybe that's what it looks like to have broad shoulders. maybe it's okay to cry because in the midst of that moment we invite our children into a deeper relationship and it doesn't matter if your child is is seven or a teenager or in their mid-30s something happens in that moment that's beautiful growing up i didn't see my dad cry just wasn't a crier and uh Remember just a couple years ago he took me out to lunch and we were sitting in the middle of the restaurant and he shared a story with me and I'm not probably going to uh, verbatim tell the story as he did but this is how I took it. This is the takeaway that I had from it. So he shares a story about this farmer and this farmer takes his son out to the barn one day and they get inside the barn and they're they're standing in there in front of a door and this door is on the outside wall of the barn and it's facing the sun. And on this inside of the door he's got you know a hundred plus nails just pounded into this door and he says son today I'm going to teach you about Jesus and he says look at that door and that door has all those nails in it and I want you to know that those nails represent sin in our lives and he walks over to that door and he, and he has a hammer in his hand and he starts popping those nails out one by one he gets all the way to the end and they're standing in front of that door And as light is peering through each hole, he says, Son, when we allow the love and the grace and the compassion of Jesus into our lives, he takes all the sin and the light comes through. And as he's telling the story, he gets choked up, begins to cry a little bit. And he says, You know, maybe as I'm getting older, I'm getting a little more emotional. And since then my dad's cried a few more times. So I think I think maybe maybe that's why. But I tell you what. You know, as a thirty something year old sitting across the table in the middle of a restaurant watching my dad cry in front of me, because he's moved by a story. Does something to you. The relationship changes. I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's okay to cry. Our last thought, point, characteristic that I want to talk about this morning, and my hope is that, you know, we're talking about dads, we're talking about fathers, and I know in a lot of ways, moms, can, can, you can relate to the, to, the, to the conversation that we're having. However, there's a whole bunch of us in the room that, that are not dads and not moms, and, and, and so my hope is that we could look at this last thought and ask ourselves a question in the midst of it so that maybe you could walk away being challenged in some kind of way. And so our kids are watching us. And we know this to be true. Our kids are watching us. For those of you that are not a parent or a grandparent, somebody is watching you and the question is is who? Our kids are watching us. Who will you be for your kids to look up to? And that's the question we have to regularly ask ourselves. Who will I be? Who will I present to the world? Who will I present to my children? So as they look up to me, they have something honorable and desirable. And my prayer and my hope is that Christ-like, that is the hope that they see. But there's this song uh, by by a country artist by the name of Rodney Atkins, and it's maybe one of my favorite. It's like it's up there, and maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. Um, I'm going to read the whole thing, so bear with me. It's not that long. Don't be like, oh my goodness, um, it's like only 20 minutes long. So we should be good. But it's called "Watching You." All right, the song is called "Watching You" by Rodney Atkins, and it goes like this. I'm, it rhymes, and I can't rhyme, so just. With me, sorry. Anyway, driving through town, just my boy and me, with a happy meal in his booster seat, knowing that he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone, a green traffic light turned straight to red. I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath, as fries went a flying and his orange drink covered his lap. Well, then, my four year old said a four letter word that started with S, and I was concerned, so I said, Son, Now, where did you learn to talk like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. We got cowboy boots and camo pants. Yeah, we're just alike. Ain't we, Dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. We got back home and I went to the barn. I bowed my head and I prayed real hard, said, Lord, please help me help my stupid self. Then this side of bedtime later that night, turning on my son's Scooby-Doo night light, he crawled out of bed and and he got down on his knees. He closed his little eyes and folded his little hands and spoke to God like he was talking to a friend. And I said, son, now where did you learn to pray like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. And I eat all my food and grow as tall as you are and we like fixing things and holding Mama's hand. Yeah, we're just alike. Hey, ain't we, Dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. With tears in my eyes, I wrapped him in a hug, said, my little bear is growing up. He said, but when I'm big, I'll still know what to do, because I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are, and then I'll be as strong as Superman. We'll be just alike. Hey, won't we, Dad? Dad? when I can do everything you do, because I've been watching you. And our kids are watching us. And the world is watching us. Our friends are watching us. The culture is watching us. And they're waiting to see how we'll respond, and will it be parallel to the things that we say we believe that are true. And our kids are learning from us behaviors and how to do life and navigate life and make decisions. They're, they're looking up to dear old dad and, and they're looking to see how to be a father and how to be a husband. And sometimes they learn the things that we wish they didn't learn. Like I just call them out and say you're sassy, but I'm like super sarcastic, so that's like all on me, right? Like that just is what it is. But then there's these moments, there's these beautiful moments where you're, you're so thankful that you care enough to impart these beautiful things into the life of a child because the reality is is that they're watching us and they're taking notes and they're absorbing and they're becoming and the question we ask ourselves is who will we be how will we be as they're observing and absorbing and becoming Proverbs 22, 6 says, Start your children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. So it's this idea that we would, that we would be intentional and we would invest in our kids in such a way that we would impress on them the teachings and the way of Jesus, that we would, that we would walk this journey with, with them. See, Proverbs is really saying that this journey is discipleship, And that's why it's so important. That's why it's way up there. That's why it's more important than our work. It's because our first priority after the relationship that we have with Jesus is to walk alongside Jesus with our children. And it says in that relationship, in that journey, in that moving, we're starting them on the way they should go. You see, it's not a, just a story we share, but it's the life we live with them. And then in the becoming, they become followers. And it's like when Paul said this, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. See, it's, we know they're watching us. We know that our kids desire to be like us on some sort of level. And the reality is, is that I don't really want you to be like me, but I want you to be like Christ that's in me. And so the prayer and the hope is that maybe more of Christ is shown in the way that I live my life and the way that I communicate and talk and treat people. And that is what they're absorbing, hopefully. Paul says something fascinating in 2 Corinthians. It's, it's this letter he writes to the church in Corinth. And, you know, Paul, is super bold. He's always just like saying what he wants and just like, ah, you deal with it, right? But he's, but he's straight to the point, which I love him, for that, but Second Corinthians chapter three, it's right in the beginning, first three verses, and he says this Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? So he comes right at him and he, he's confrontational and he's saying, Hey, are you are you in the need to pat yourself on the back again? Or or do you need like like some people a letter of recommendation to you or from you? Like like he he's just totally right in their face. And then he shifts. And this is the this is the absolutely amazing part of this passage. He says you yourselves are our letter. Written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone but on tablets of human hearts. I mean, Paul is making an incredibly bold statement and he's essentially saying that that the letter of recommendation that I am sending out to the world that would represent who I am, that would communicate to the world that I am a man of God, that I have loved Jesus, that I am committed to the way, that letter is written all over you. That when people see you, They'll know that I have done this work and that I have done it well. What a bold statement. What an amazing thing to have the confidence to say. That maybe at one point in my life that I could say, you want to know who I am? You want to know what my relationship with Christ looks like? You want to know how I treat women and in particular my wife. Watch my boys. I can't say that <laughs> because the journey is is ongoing. But wouldn't that be something? It, Paul takes it a step further with a really bold statement. And so we we're, we're sitting and we're and we're 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 listening and and we have this 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 conversation that that God has got this incredible call on the life of a father and we have this incredible responsibility that can feel heavy because we want to do our best and we long to do it well and to be right. And I'm here to say, like I know maybe some of you feel this way and I know I have at times, but maybe, maybe you feel like, you know what, I just, I don't know, I don't think I measure up to that. I tell you, I'll be the first to say I have failed. And I have stumbled and I have done wrong and I have said things and I'm like, wow, that came out of my mouth and please don't ever repeat that. You know, like, I've been there. You can't take those moments back, but what you can do is you can start anew. You can take another step forward and say, you know, but today is a new day. And what that communicates to your family and to the, those that you're impressing things on is it says that, you know what, dad, dad messes up, but he owns it. And he's willing to, to rewrite the story. So my hope in this moment, this morning, is that we can celebrate dads because it's a joy. It's, it's the, 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 the joy of my life at times. It, it is an adventure that I would have never imagined, and maybe you can relate to that. We could have never imagined what it would look like down the road as we've ventured off from the day that I first was woken up in the middle of the night, screaming and shouting, yeah, it's going to happen. I could have never imagined 12 years later, this is where I'd be, and that is who would he be. And God has done some work, and that's something to be proud about. Dad, you have something to be proud about because you love Jesus and you're trying your best. So my encouragement to all of us today, and let me close with this, whether we're a dad, a mom, a grandparent, a young man or a young woman, a teenager, somebody's watching you. And the question for all of us, whether whether we have little ones that are looking up to us, Or not? Who will we be as someone is observing? Will we be Christ-like? Or will we live into our fallenness? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for this this morning and this day and this weekend. God, we thank you for dads. Lord, we thank you for your example as a father as we read in the Psalms, Lord, as It says that you are slow to anger and you're filled with compassion and grace and that you're always abounding in love. God, may we absorb more of your character. Whether we're dads or not, may we learn from you and absorb your character so that we we may be this moving force through the world of love and grace and forgiveness. God, we thank you for the call that's on our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, happy Father's Day. Uh, awesome day. Maybe you'll go fishing or golfing. Who knows? You'll have a great day. I hope that you're celebrating. But as you leave, actually, I don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Um, we have devotionals for you. I had to do this first service. and Anyway, have a great day. Happy Father's Day.